everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is the Game Byte Show podcast for October the 22nd, 2017. My name is Legrand Jolly, and I am joined by Jeremy Lamont. Hi, everybody. Legrand, you are you are very measured this evening. Indeed. I'm very calculating in my speech patterns. And Dale Jones. Hello, Dale. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right. D- Dale is un- uncharacteristically expressive tonight. <laughs> It's all the the coffee. What is that supposed to mean? Nothing. It's just you know, Dale is I've, just. I've had five cups of coffee today and some espresso. So. Ah damn! Wow. Well, what's the occasion? You know, old age, exhaustion, <laughs> kids syndrome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's new? I had I had two trips to Texas. Uh, I was in Dallas. And Jared shot me down for a Game Byte Show meetup. Damn, I can't believe that's it. Cold. Uh, was he on the grassy yeah. knoll when you did it? <laughs> I was like, bro, let's get together for dinner or something. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of my girlfriend's birthday. What? And I'm like, ditcher. And he didn't want to. Yeah. Oh, that there's some dedicated bro time that is being. I denied. guess, man. I'm like, well, you know, there never, might never be this chance again. I uh, mean, anyway, until next time you two might days be from now. Fort. Lauderdale or something and it'll be too far away yeah I mean everything is far away in Texas I was in San Antonio and Dallas this week San Antonio yeah do you you go to the Riverwalk no I I heard about it though we didn't have a lot of time there it's cool they have a I went to a uh, Jimmy Buffett restaurant or something there on the Riverwalk yeah I had a cheeseburger in paradise or whatever I heard it's really cool, but I didn't have we didn't have time to sightsee. I was there for less than twenty four hours, so uh, yeah. I was there, did some business, and left. I mean, it's that pretty okay. It. It's all right. Yeah, but whatever, whatever. I mean, it's, it's better if you have Jared come show you around. Jared. I know, right? Like we were so hungry, we didn't know where to eat or anything, and I saw both. It was like eleven o'clock. Uh, I saw both <laughs> an Arkansas and a Texas license plate today in Portland. That's weird. That is yeah. weird. Anybody, anybody you know? No, neither one. Huh. Oh, that's actually weird. Born and raised in Arkansas. Was it your own car? I was born in Texas. <laughs> was it your own car? <laughs> no, it was not my own car. I, 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 thought you went, I thought you lived in Arkansas. I did. but I was. I, oh. So here's the deal with Texarkana. So that's it's why you brought this up. two cities. Uh, there's what is? Texarkana, Texas, and there's Texarkana, Arkansas. There's the goblin the side line. and the human side. and Is uh, Arkansas border Texas? Yeah, yeah, Somewhere. dude. Have you have you ever been to the United States? There's, it's there's called that because it's I, I'm Texas. Sorry, I don't Arkansas. know the geography of these random cities. No, no, no. It's called that because it's got one border in Texas, one border in Arkansas, yeah. one border in Canada. Texarkana, Louis, I Louisiana. It. I get it. But, but yeah, close. It makes sense. It's uh, and actually, the border to Louisiana is like sixty miles away. They just went ahead and threw it in there for no reason. That's baloney. Yep. Because Louisiana doesn't have anything else going for it. Louisiana. Right? Yeah, basically. Uh, cool. Well, this is very exciting. Gators and crawdads <laughs> is all you got in Louisiana. Geography lessons. Geography. Tex Arcana. Tex Arcana. Twice as nice. That's what that's the that's what the water tower says. Is that where you lived? That's where I was born. Tex Arcana, Texas. Oh, and oh, then you the like Texas drove across the street. You were born in Texas, yeah, and but, then you but my parents actually had house, a house in Arkansas. Yeah, my dad's house is in Arkansas. Live. Do you have dual citizenship? Oh, this is all very confusing. Yeah, but, but back then Texas was its own country, and Daniel Boone was hanging around. It was pretty cool. We we could talk about Star Wars lore some more if you'd like. I love talking about the Star trench Wars run lore. on the Rio Grande. <laughs> you know. Well, how about we talk about some video game news? 
That's not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. Uh, being that this is the top of the week show, we will uh, first start you off by edifying and informing you about all of the happenings in video game news. We are going to start with uh, something that actually raised my eyebrows uh, quite high off my head. Uh, <laughs> in a very like wow. cartoony sort of way. It was, it was pretty you're, amazing. You were playing Cuphead. I, I, I was. I just waggled my eyebrows and they just kept going. Um, Activision was awarded a patent this week. It was actually filed in 2015, but granted to Activision this week. U.S. patent number 9789406, which uh, indicates that Activision has a matchmaking system which encourages players to spend money on microtransactions. Now, how does that work? Follow with me here. So basically what it does is it will um, influence buying behavior by, for example, and this is stated in the patent, the system may match a more expert or marquee player with a junior player to encourage the junior player oh, that's, to make that's what much matchmaking purchases. does. Well, the thing is that usually we would expect that matchmaking, we, we always talk about skill-based matchmaking to keep the matches interesting, to pair, you know, pe you know low-down people with other low-down people so that you never get really lopsided uh, matches, right? I mean, that's kind of the, that's what we sort want to of play expect. people that are both low-down and dirty. <laughs> so you, you match the low down people with the dirty people no but here you get a situation where uh someone who is less skilled but is perhaps interested in a particular type of skill and they give an example again in the patent application sniper skills for example uh and if the player has has an interest in sniping they will be pitted against somebody who is already good at sniping to encourage them to buy the the boosts or the weapons that will make them good as well Furthermore, in another implementation, uh, they could enhance the enjoyment of a player uh, by giving them, uh, by putting them in a gameplay session that will utilize the game-related purchase, making them more encouraged to purchase future things. I mean, there's a lot of weird ways that they could potentially be doing this, uh, but just the fact that they are even matchmaking with this in mind, to me at least, was kind of surprising. Like, you know, I mean, after the fact, you can say, well, I'm not surprised at all, but I mean, here is an actual patent on doing that, you know, that that exact thing. Uh, Activision has said in a statement that this is only an exploratory patent and has, the system has not actually been used in any games. Except um, in every Call of Duty in the last decade. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> De facto, this is all already what's going on um and uh bungie also you know of course uh, activision blizzard and and bungie uh the uh community manager uh david deej Dagu uh says that none of this functionality appears in destiny either so uh, yeah exactly theoretical yeah. but certainly possible Until patch uh, 2.01 right exactly that, i mean that's true there's no you know prohibition against actually putting this into something that's already there I don't know how I feel about it. It's just kind of weird. I, in, in my case, actually, it kind of works the reverse because now I feel like my bad behavior, my, my bad performance in uh, multiplayer matches now is justified somewhat because they're just trying to get me to buy boosts and I'm just not going to do it. Buy boosts for what? What games do you play that have microtransactions? I don't know. Just like any, I'm just saying, just in general. I, any I, listen, game LeGrand, these days. Don't burst my like bubble what? here. I'm just saying... My bad performance is because of microtransactions. That's all I'm saying. Sounds, sounds good. I, I, I agree with this. That's what I'm saying. This is kind of just something we're going to have to get used to because as more and more of these games are, um, you know, as a service or whatever, where they're like online and they're uh, live, I, I mean, and then they have um, continuing updates all the time, going right? forward and stuff. Yeah. No, it's not only that I wouldn't even justify it by saying that there are costs. I would just say that, 
um, these companies now have a way to make more money. So they're going to make, they're going to, you know, yeah, avail. Sure. And, and, you know, that, honestly, that if they, me. if they can make it an awesome experience for me, uh, why not? Like whatever. I mean, I right now, as long as they're really, making it a good experience. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see myself being convinced by the situation in a match. Like, oh man, that guy sniped me real good. I'm going to buy a microtransaction. I'm going to get him. Buy I just don't see rifle. that happening for me, but maybe for some people that's the case. And if they love that and it's good for them, then whatever. Great. Um, it is a little bit manipulative, though, but anyway. Uh, Destiny 2, speaking of which, uh, Destiny 2 seasons have uh, kind of been explained. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, at TwitchCon, Bungie kind of went into some detail about the idea of seasons, uh, how they will affect clans, how they want to keep the game fresh with content updates and special events. We actually talked about this in one of our previous episodes, the idea of seasonal... Uh, events and things inside games, and Destiny is going to be doing a little bit of that. Um, every new season will uh, have a major patch that tunes the gameplay sandbox, rebalancing weapons and abilities. It will also change the themes for the player experience, quote-unquote, which basically means that you get new loot with every new season and uh, improved quality of features. Um, in fact, it's kind of funny, there already are people complaining about the lack of uh, content and, and depth. Uh, these blah, are people. Blah, blah. Yeah, I know. These are people who have been 400 like, hours it, later. Exactly. Like, people who've been playing it night and day since launch. Right. Uh, Where the hell, guys with yeah, no lives? Yeah. Whereas me, I still haven't gotten through the story missions yet. But mm. uh, the first major event in season two is going to be the dawning, which is an in-game and holiday. You know what? The, the, the master race of Destiny two players haven't even started. Yeah, that's true. You know we'll we'll get to that in just uh, just a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the first major update in uh, season two will be the dawning, which is a holiday celebrating the arrival of the light of the traveler. Uh, I guess it's basically Christmas. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so look forward to that in in uh, Destiny here. Uh, traveler shortly. got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> As for me and the speaker, we believe <laughs> is the traveler the the moon that's sitting there above Earth. Yeah, it yeah. kind of sits there. Yeah. It doesn't really do Tell much. The traveler is. But there's the light. It graces us with light. So there it is. Um, elsewhere in Destiny 2 news, uh, some of the updates that they have released have actually broken things and have caused them to delay or remove features from Destiny 2. Uh, this week, Bungie has canceled the Trials of the Nine, which is the weekend competitive PvP mode, uh, and they're actually taking it out for two weeks while they tweak it due to an exploit caused by an emote. They've actually already had this happen a little bit uh, earlier in the, the month when a Monty Python silly walk emote actually would let people like clip through boundaries and and uh, you know kind of get into places that they weren't supposed to so pay to win confirmed yeah exactly <laughs> and then they're like oh maybe we should we shouldn't do that uh, but uh, th this also has happened uh, exploits in general I mean I, I kind of am disappointed in destiny 2 in one sense in that we don't really have a loot cave situation that's happened yet that was like super fun I kind of liked the entire uh, the, the, the whole Fubar uh, loot cave thing, which they. I wonder if the design changes to Destiny Two have sort of precluded any kind of loot cave scenarios, because that whole thing was born out of the player's desire to kind of subvert some of the more grindy aspects. Yeah, like of... farm stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then of course, they, you probably aren't going to ever get the exact loot cave again because now they know to look for it. But uh, but exploits have allowed people to finish uh, other things in the game earlier than they otherwise might have. In fact, the first team to finish the prestige raid for this week uh, used an exploit that even Bungie hadn't seen. So, you know, there's some debate on whether that was a, a valid completion or, or whatever. So Was it like in, in Destiny 1, there was that raid that you could, could do solo as a hunter? If you did it just right, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you'd exploit some 
their ultimate ability or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. My, my favorite one was the, uh, did you guys ever see that video of the Titan, uh, the sun flamer guy who did, you know, the, the flamey hammers and he did this thing and people would just keep spawning and they would just keep getting hit by this hammer and it was like perpetual and he just sat down and just kept burning everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did see like, that. That sounds pretty good. That sort of thing, yeah. I, I want more of that actually. I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd be interested <laughs> for Bungie to like carefully engineer like exploits for people to, to use and uh, have a lot of, have a lot of fun with that. So, uh, however, uh, not everyone is too amused with Destiny 2. The player count has dropped over 2 million since its peak. Uh, it peaked at 3.5 million concurrent players. This is mm, across uh, the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions um, September 17th. Uh, however, in the last 30 days, Destiny 2's player base has plummeted by over 2 million users, uh, which includes 400,000 lost just this past week alone. Um, Destiny Tracker actually monitors this, and uh, if you compare this to Destiny 1's launch, uh, it had peaked at 3.2 million users, which it actually kept pretty clearly for a long time. So, uh, of course, we know... Uh, I might as well talk about it, the PC they, version. They, they kept that until the loot cave was patched out. Yeah, I think that's, so. That's when Destiny 1 declined. They, they put in that uh, real money auction house. and uh, they had a... So just anecdotally, um, what, what has you guys' impression been of Destiny 2 so far? Because for, for me, just hearing people talk about it on podcasts and whatnot, it seems like... When it came out, it was all the usual suspects, and then it kind of fell off, and most people were like, yeah, you know, it was, uh, what maybe it wasn't exact, it wasn't everything I hyped myself up for it to be, but it was still just more good Destiny. Yeah, I think the first game was sort of lightning in a bottle kind of thing, and I think even though you can make the second game really awesome and ostensibly better than the first one, it's just not as new an experience, it doesn't have the novelty factor that, that other people like. Um, I mean, my personal experience with it has been rather disappointing, mostly because the first game I was very social in. I think we, we talked about this on last week's show. Um, always, friends were there, and we were always getting together and stuff. Uh, in, th- in this case, it's been very much a solo experience for me, and that's partly my own fault, but... Um, I wonder if that's I, because players already have their, like, Destiny um, buddies, you know, that they regularly group up with, and so you don't get a lot of people out there trying to find new Destiny... Friends? It could be. I'm just like the last kid picked. It's like elementary school all over again. Oh my God. Come play on PC with me, man. I'm uh, playing in two days. I, I bought the big fancy edition on console, so I, I can't. I can't do that. I'm locked in. What do you mean you can't? They got me locked in, Jerry. They got me locked in. Uh... <laughs> So other places that have been locked in, uh, locked out, actually, uh, Visceral Games, the studio responsible for such classics as uh, Dead Dante's Space. Dante's Inferno. Yeah, that's right. The uh, God of War sort of knockoff based on... Battlefield the, uh, Hardline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so they've actually been shut down by Electronic Arts, which uh, the latest in a line of... Um, gosh, I mean, that includes things like Westwood and... Uh, um, Origin, Origin, Bullfrog. yeah, Origin system, Bullfrog, exactly. Bioware, mm-hmm. yeah, well, <laughs> Bioware, Bioware's still still with us. Not Bioware gig. Montreal. That's true. That's true. Uh, however, they've shut this down, saying that uh, unfortunately, due to budget constraints and other problems, uh, they've had to shut the studio down. Um, some other other dirty laundry airing from this. Uh, Dead Space Two was sixty million dollars. 
uh, I, I think over budget is that what it was? I'm actually not seeing it in my in my links here right now. But uh, anyway, they basically said that they've got to retool the Star Wars project that they were working on. Vice President Patrick Soderlund announced this and says that uh, the first game, although it's been described as a story-based linear adventure, a la uh, Naughty Dog's Uncharted series, they've decided that they want to deliver experience that quote players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time. And in order to do this, they needed to quote pivot like, the design. Don't they already have that with Battlefront? I mean, isn't that already the game that one of their studios is making, you know? Supposedly? You know, the interesting thing, there there are some echoes here of, uh, remember in like 2012 when they when a multiplayer component was added to like everything mm -hmm. uh, because they were trying to fight used game sales? You know, wait, yep. I haven't heard much about the used game thing in the last few years. I mean, I'm certain that it can't have gone away, but it definitely smells a little bit like that. Um, the last big uh, blow up of, around that was um, at the launch of the uh, the new consoles, right? Because the Xbox One, that was how PS4 kind of oh, yeah. came off uh, on the on the good foot ahead of them or whatever. Right, because they had said that they were going to make it um, online specific. And but yeah, since, you're right. Since then, nobody's really given a toss yeah. about it. I, I mean, I think they still do, but I think it's just, it's getting talked about less, and I, and, and that's how I think you end up with stuff like, I mean, that you know, honestly, that's how you end up with stuff like patents for multiplayer yeah, matchmaking that encourages DLC. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's how you get, end up with loot boxes. boxes. Exactly. That's exactly right. Project $10. Uh, remember that? Yeah, I do, and I remember yeah. they walked back on that. Yeah, they gave yeah. away all that stuff for free eventually. But that was, that was just another instance of them, like, trying to figure out a way to get that money. Uh, yeah. and, and what, what it seems like everybody has kind of arrived at is loot boxes. Yep, exactly. That's exactly right. Well, for now. Yeah, for now. Yeah, until the next thing. Yep, exactly. So in addition to changing the game to have a broader experience for Star Wars, um, it is now, uh, it, it actually had been set to launch late in the 2019 fiscal year, meaning all the way up through March 2019, uh, but it is now delayed indefinitely. Ugh. I bet it uh, never comes out. Mm, that is, uh, you've got a, at least a good 50-50 chance on that, yeah. so uh, we'll see, but um, I guess I bet the, you the, we uh, see, um, sorry to keep interrupting, but I bet we see uh, Amy Hennig leave EA within the next couple of months, too. That's the thing. So uh, Amy Hennig actually, uh, they've, uh, in fact, people have specifically asked uh, EA, Polygon actually asked uh, EA about Amy Hennig, and they said that we're in discussions with Amy about her next move. Uh, so, hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, let's see. There's my link for Visceral. I can probably cut that out. Uh, you know, if you can't get your game to sell as a single-player experience, the other way that you can chase that dollar dollar bill is to announce a bundle for your console. And Sony has announced a $46,000 PS4 bundle. And uh, wouldn't you know it, people are hungry for it. Sold guys, out. Guys, I finally got a PS4. Yeah, right. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and your first VR system. Congratulations. <laughs> That's right. So th this bundle, uh, this crazy bundle, is uh, available exclusively in Taiwan. Includes a PlayStation 4 Pro. And then tacked onto that, we've got a PlayStation VR headset, PlayStation Plus subscription, Thrustmaster GT racing wheel, a racing seat, a Bravia television, a copy of Gran Turismo Sport, and a limited edition 2018 Mazda MX-5. Uh, it's just a little accessory. It's just a pack-in. Yeah, it's like plugs in via USB. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so basically uh, the, the package, uh, there was pretty much only one of them available, and a car collector actually did that. So, um, you know, <laughs> I know you were just about to order that, but I'm sorry. It is, uh, it is now sold out. 
Um, PlayStation also, though, uh, working on a little bit of its own troubles. Um, we've talked actually at length about that on, on this show, but uh, the whole cross-platform thing that's going on. And uh, it's no secret, but it keeps happening again and again. And there's another game that's been announced, a crowdfunded project called Crazy Justice, which will be offering cross-play between the Xbox One, the PC, and the Nintendo Switch, but not on the PlayStation yeah. 4. And, um, you know, we have kind of discussed why that might be and, and why Sony doesn't really have the uh, incentive, I guess, to do that. But, uh, I mean, even um, Halo Wars is getting... I mean, the Play Anywhere stuff is, is the other thing. So Halo Wars 2, I think, is getting uh, cross-play with PC uh, sometime this week. Actually, I think I just spoiled that for the uh, update section. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, PlayStation 4 is going to be the odd man out between the Switch and the Xbox One, weirdly. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know that that's really going to change. Sony hasn't really made any acknowledgement of this since it really started getting circulated. And, um, I don't know. I guess they don't seem to feel like they're hurting from it at all. So, I don't know. PlayStation 4 uh, is going to be the walled garden. It's going to be the only one that uh, has its way. So Well, even if Sony doesn't like that, one thing they do want to do that's kind of weird is publish a game on the Nintendo Switch. Hmm. Uh, so, that's happening. I guess there's a... Uh... The Sony Music Entertainment, so the music publishing arm of Sony, has made a game called Tiny Metal that they are publishing on the Nintendo Switch. So I don't know if this is just because of like internal departments just don't work together in Sony, and so th these guys want to make a game for the Switch, so they are. I just don't understand why they would be doing this. I mean, I mean Sony in general is divided into these vertical slices that don't what, really... What, no Vita right. port? Right, yeah, exactly. no kidding. Jeez. <laughs> Um, the game itself actually looks really cool, this Tiny Metal. It's basically like an Advance Wars sort of thing, and it's got like a very cute little soundtrack and all the tanks shooting at each other, and, and you know, it's got that rock, paper, scissors thing. I'm, I'm down for that. Um, Nintendo themselves are not getting on that Advance Wars yeah. joint. Um, but yeah, Sony as a company seems to be fairly vertically oriented, where entire divisions, I mean, that's why Sony America and Sony Europe don't really, you know, you have separate uh, marketplaces, and Sony Japan is different from either of those. So I don't know. It's, it is kind of weird that they would publish a game um but it's kind of cool that it's coming to the switch i guess like yeah it's coming to playstation 4 as well so it is coming to sony platforms as well as pc and nintendo switch so yeah but like dale whatever. says no vita so it can it can die in a fire yeah mm. but, uh, but another the, but the, another the, dying the in a fire news is the new vita <laughs> i i disagree heartily to the ends of the earth <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lego Dimensions looks like it's it's time is up. It's time has come. Um, oh wait, what? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, this was it's, the it's, it's uh, over. this was the Toys to Life Lego game, right? Indeed. This is the one that yeah. came out in October 2017 or oh, October 2015. Excuse me. 15. 15. Two years 15? ago. Uh, lots of two years. I think their game plan was was it for to last uh, three years, and they're closing a little bit early uh, due to. No surprise, uh, slow, poor sales. Is this the last of the Toys to Life? To, Unless I mean, you count Amiibo, yeah. but I don't. Skylanders are kind of around. Are they done? I don't know. Nobody, somebody check on the Skylanders. Oh, my God. Are they still? <laughs> <laughs> we forgot about them. Did you poke holes in uh, yeah. the box? Oh, no. Uh, I, I thought Lego Dimensions was pretty cool. I actually picked it up for my son for Christmas a couple of years ago. That same year it came out, and he played it quite a bit. And Didn't they have a portal set? Screwing around. Yeah, it came with like a portal yeah. with uh, you like put the portal together and all the different. So if you're into Lego, I thought it was a really cool, you know, version of the Toys to Life game. It was, it was, the gameplay itself was no more than just a standard. That you know, was Lego the heartbreaker. Game. If it had been more like Lego Worlds and less like 
you know, oh, Traveler's yeah. Tales Lego stuff, I would have been all over it. All of yeah, it. Yeah, and it probably would have done way better if it would have been like Lego Worlds, Ugh. right? Like, it's just kind of... Um, well, I'm, I'm, my opinion of those Lego games is that they're all kind of the same and boring. Yes, but, agreed. Uh, yeah, so whatever. I mean, sad to see that because I thought it was a really cool concept. Um, it's, it seems like they are they are pretty excited of their accomplishment of being able to bring all those different IPs together. I mean, you had The Simpsons versus Wizard of Oz versus that know, was Who cool. versus and Back I, to the Future. And I will give like, them that. I mean, Disney Infinity did some pretty amazing. I mean, like they had bed knobs and broomsticks, and you know, just like all kinds of you know, Condor Man and just like weird stuff in that game. But Lego at least was going across. I mean, I guess they were all Warner Brothers properties though, so I guess it wasn't that much different. But uh, yeah, except for those really. You, the average person doesn't associate those as, you know. Sure, problems. but I guess I guess I'm saying they didn't have to go out to some other business entity. Sure, sure. They just, you know. But still, it, it, it was cool, and it was it was Portal it looked, Two. Portal Two was part of that. Yeah, that was weird. Actually, that's, Portal Two stuff. Yeah, that was weird. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so whatever. Sorry. Lego Rest dimensions. in pieces, Lego Dimensions. Rest in, yeah. Bits. Not on my kids' floors. Uh, Gabe Newell. So Forbes came out with a report of the richest people in the world, in America, and Gabe Newell cracked the top 100 um, wealthiest people in America. He is worth $5.5 billion. I believe he's the sole owner of Steam. Is that correct? Is that how this works out with him and Steam? Uh, um, something like that. I know it's not publicly traded. I know it's just a, you know, it's just a... He whatever. is the most not your boss. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wheel, wheel your cart up to the, the newest billionaire. Um, wheel your desk up yeah. and you can figure out some crazy project to work on. Uh, and then whenever he wants to move up a notch, he's just like, okay, we're going to do the winter sale now. Now I'm, now I'm the number 92nd richest person. Uh, yeah, let's just axe that steam green light. Everyone can sell everything. It doesn't matter. Let's sell movies. I don't know. TV shows. Cool. I'm getting 30. percent And I saw okay. a thing. It didn't make it didn't make our news cut this week, but 6,000 games are predicted to be released on Steam next year. Oh, oh shit. Ah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, he's number 97. How many is that a day? Too many. 20? Is that like 20 a day? Oh, my God. Don't. Something like that. Robert Desert Eagle Allen is going to be working overtime, keeping that PC <laughs> list up to date every week. Uh, finally, uh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, you guys know the Ninja Turtles, right? From oh, they're heroes in a half shell. Oh, yeah, Raphael, uh, Donatello. Those well, guys. they are coming out Too with so. a new four-player four player, uh, co-op arcade cabinet you guys still play arcades you guys still go down to the local arcade and drop quarters in and play beat em ups no but i might if there was a ninja turtles one would you if there was a ninja turtles one jeremy uh if it was if it was convenient i mean if like if i walked by one (laughs) meaning that it wasn't it's not convenient no probably only if there was not like a big buck hunter next to it You know, there are some cool, you know, if you go to like the movie theaters and stuff, usually they'll have like a little nook somewhere where they've got some pretty cool, um, you know, expanded, like they've got Mario Kart VR stuff. Now, not here, but you know, they exist. I I played the Mario Kart arcade at a Dave and Buster's in San Antonio. Yeah. And that's fun, right? It was actually really fun. Yeah, they're really fun. Like I remember, I mean, the last value added when I played was probably like the Star Wars pod racer one, which is cool because you could use Yeah, but this is a standard like beat em up. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. This is just a co-op. Drop quarters in because it's going to kill you every level anyways, so just keep sure. dropping money in. I don't remember the last arcade game I played, but I think it was probably at Ground Control in Portland. And it was probably, you know, some classic arcade game. Simpsons or 
Tempest or who knows. Dang, this would have been a good podcast topic. I didn't even Pac-Man. think about it. <laughs> a classic arcade game? Pac-Man yeah, arcade, like the last arcade, yeah, arcade experience. You know, maybe we'll talk about that. Everybody, everyone shut up now. We'll save it for the future weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good idea. <laughs> well, the last uh, last item in the weird uh, that we have for this week is uh, those little holes in Famicom cartridges that everybody knows about. I'm sure you guys are all familiar with these Famicom cartridges. I am. Uh, um, they they actually look a little bit like uh, if you look on the top of a of a cassette an, tapes. audio cassette tape. Exactly. There's yeah, like two those square little squares. holes on the ends. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it looks like we finally cornered people over at Nintendo. Uh, the Japanese website Afternoon News asked people in Nintendo about those holes because there's not really any practical reason for them to be there. Uh, and I will. Uh, tra- I will take this literally from the translation provided by Kotaku, uh, the interviewer from Afternoon News. I believe there are holes in the top of Famicom cartridges. Do you know what kind of meaning they had? Nintendo, yes, what? to be honest. They <laughs> were just part of the design. Link me to the actual article. <laughs> I don't know. What Dale, Dale's going to check this out. Uh, uh, let's see here. Soul Translation provided by Kotaku. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they use Google Translate. No, they have Brian Ashcraft over there. He 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 probably translated it. So, uh, yeah. So, basically, the answer is... I would trust Dale, Dale Eleanor Jones over <laughs> Let's see. Let me see if I can get to the page. Okay, Dale's going to do it. So we'll we'll just talk about it. Basically, the answer is they're that way because. Because we designed it that way, essentially. Which is the Um, most Nintendo answer I can think of. Okay, yeah, no, it's basically a pretty literal translation. <laughs> Soul disk call? Um, wow, confirmed. Yeah, so, All right. yeah, so the, the... They're not really necessary. Um, and it sounds like there's not really a meaning for it, but that the, they're there. Basically, that's it. Weird. So there you go. Okay. They're, they're there. It's, like, it's the same reason why you wanted to climb a mountain. Why, why would a mountain climber want to climb a mountain? Because it's there. And that's all the news we have for this week. All right. Well, that's that. Hmm. Am I doing new releases? Uh, Dale Count Eleanor Jones is doing the releases. Count Eleanor Jones. Let's do it. Let's see here. So, new releases. It's kind of a light list this week. Um, I mean, I I looked at the list and there was a lot of stuff on there, but not a whole lot of mentionables, I think. Uh, what we do have, though, is SingStar Celebration coming out for the PS4 uh, retail and digital at $20. I'm kind of into this. It's been a long time since I've played SingStar, but uh, I'm this ready a- to... Celebration? Like, what does that mean? Are these, like, holiday songs? What's, what is uh, this? No, it's basically just the, the new smartphone-centric version of it. Um, you can play with up to eight people. I actually thought this was going to be a free game, and you just buy the songs, but it's not. So I guess that means there's probably songs packed in. This is part of the PlayLink uh, thing for PlayStation 4, which is the... the it kind of does that same thing that the Jackbox stuff does, where everybody in the room... The controllers are basically your mobile devices, you know, your, your web-enabled... Uh, mobile devices so uh, basically everybody uses their uh, phones as the microphones and you sing along but it's basically SingStar um, and I'm I'm okay with that uh, it actually does come with a whole bunch of tracks uh, some ABBA some Blondie Roxette Sia Cheap Thrills Hilary Duff Iggy Azalea so the $20 spend is probably just for all the tracks that you get with the game and then I'm sure you can buy some on their store hmm okay uh well we also have <laughs> Destiny Two coming out for the PC this week. Oh man, yes. What's Destiny? Finally, I've got it. 
I've got it pre-installed, pre-loaded, as they say. I'm ready to save the world. And you've also got Fire Emblem Warriors on your uh, show enough 3ds um, and nah, Switch. I don't, I don't uh, have a 3ds on both play. of those. It's a new 3ds. You gotta have the new one. Yeah, that's right. The new. Why 3DS. would you buy this game on the 3ds over the Switch? Uh, because it's on a platform that you own and you don't it's have a, a good yet. question because the you know switches are i'm seeing the switches around a lot these days they're yeah, all over the place oh now. sure so yeah but i mean you you know if you have a let's say you've got a 3ds and you don't, you don't have, have a switch a switch i mean are you going to spend 300 dollars to get fire emblem warriors no probably but not it, but in that case are you going to no, spend, spend 300 dollars to get everything else if, if you so if you have if you have a 3ds and you don't have a switch can we just kind of take for granted that you want a switch I don't know. This is a Muso game. I wouldn't be getting it on either platform, personally. I... True. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, mm. man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do know that uh, Party Hard Tycoon is out on Steam for $8.99. Yeah, and in case week. you're wondering, yeah, this is in the Party Hard, uh, I guess, cinematic universe we were, <laughs> we were talking about. Uh, it's actually a uh, a party building simulator, and I don't think you murder people in this. I think you actually just try and make a party. You make the party before the killer shows up, I guess, and you try well, and make it the most profitable. It, party it really is by the same guys. Yeah, it's the, the they, It says right in the description that it takes place in the Party Hard universe. So there you are, Party Hard Cinematic Universe, eight ninety nine on Steam. Build your own party and party hard. Okay, I'll I'll play it on Switch. Yeah. Uh, you know what else you can play on Switch is the Mario Plus Rabbids DLC, uh, which is $7. Or if you want, you can get a season pass for $20 that's going to include all the other DLC. And what this first batch or round of DLC adds to the game is, are uh, challenge levels and some new co-op. I just started playing the co-op uh, with, with some people. We had a, uh, a Nintendo uh, community meetup this past weekend and uh, got a chance to play some of that. It's fun multiplayer. You just split off, you know, two people for each. Instead of playing with three people as you do in single player, you play two sets of two and go through these pre-made specific levels. And it's quite fun. It's a lot of fun. So, I don't know, seven bucks for more of those? Probably not bad if you finish the main game. Have you finished the main game? No. Am I ever going to finish the main <laughs> game? Questionable but I enjoy it. Oh, it is good. It's way good. Um, wow. Mario plus rabbits. Imagine that. Uh, check it out in the patches <laughs> and free section this week. Uh, we have, uh, so, and I just downloaded this today. As a matter of fact, the latest update for the switch firmware. Um, and this has gone and added video capture to a, for, for now, a select set of games. Uh, I understand that that's probably going to be expanded out, is what people are saying. Well, and and just to clarify, this is video capture. It's not, like, live streaming, so... Yeah, it's like like PS4 and I guess Xbox probably both have that thing where they're, like, all constantly recording, and if you hit a button, it'll basically encapsulate the last 30 seconds and you can tweet it or whatever. Right. Uh, that's, That's basically what's live now uh and i think it works in breath of the wild mario kart um splatoon and arms splatoon mm-hmm. 2 mm-hmm. doesn't work in stardew valley there's such riveting gameplay in that totally. <laughs> i pulled up this turnip everybody <laughs> check it out like me on facebook <laughs> and subscribe uh mario kart 8 deluxe has also got an update maybe that was the one that i downloaded today um and i didn't personally notice anything different though so 
Um, Bam, um, confirmed. Pretty amazing. I'll click through <laughs> uh, the link here and see what was added. Video no, capture. It looks like it's, yeah, the video capture, they basically did like some performance tweaks. Uh, blue shells don't hit the second place player when the first player hasn't crossed the finish line. Um, which I think that's kind of baloney because that's Wait, what? A, Say that again? Blue shells? Blue shells no longer hit the second place player when uh-huh. the first place player hasn't, hasn't yet crossed the finish line. So Wait, basically, what does it mean? That, that's like one of the strategies, isn't it? Like you slow down. If you, so tell me, if you're in first place and a blue shell is coming, yeah. w- what do you do? You I'll slow down. Right. So you slow down. down. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. You get the guy behind you, so at least you're not the only one taking the hit. It doesn't work anymore. No, 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 no. BS. You you get you slow down so that he goes in front of you and then he gets hit. Yeah. Well, that's that's if yeah okay. So the thing is though that if it's gonna hit you, take as many people out with you as you can. Okay, okay. Doesn't right. doesn't work anymore now. Hmm. Uh, so stuff like that, basically BS updates. So boo to Mario Kart. Uh, it's gonna wreck the esports scene for sure. We're gonna be stuck on those chain hoops instead. <laughs> those four guys in that uh, stadium in the in the promo video for the Switch. Upset. Yep. Uh, Fortnite, you guys, has added in. It has in it updates include in-game voice and adjustable scope thingies. I, like I put reticles? the adjustable scope thingies. Like, I'm responsible. Is that like um? Are you refer, are you referring to like the difference between like a crosshair and a red dot? Uh, uh, adjustable scope sensitivity. So you can oh, basically okay. decide how you can sight in your your scope yeah. or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. They're also just um, doing ongoing changes to rifles. They're always testing things and kind of making them better. So yeah, that's um, you know it's it's a live game, right? It's it's one that's being continually worked on. So yeah, they're also working no on consumables and other things. So I mean, so far that that mode is free, and I think it's supposed to have some kind of transactions, but I don't actually know what you can buy. Oh, in is this it. specifically for the battle royale mode, or uh, is yeah, this for all yeah, modes? So this is yep, Fortnite battle royale. Yep, because I don't know oh, if okay. they're I don't know what they're doing to that main mode because everyone's playing battle royale instead. Yeah, I wonder how that feels for the Fortnite devs to have your whole game mode usurped by something Royale else. Is doing it so well, I yeah, okay, yeah, probably. Anyway, um, you know who's thrilled is Todd Howard and the other designers of the Elder Scrolls Daggerfall, uh, because that game, which is very old now, I think that came out in like 1997. So 20 years ago, uh, has been given a new lease on life by its dedicated fan base, um, who also double as Unity developers. That's mm. right. There is now a Daggerfall for a Unity mod, um, which allows you to, like it sounds, play the old game Daggerfall in a revamped style in the Unity engine, which actually adds real three real polygonal 3d to the game which oh yeah because um, before it was like everything was facing you as a sprite i guess yeah sort of right? doom like and yeah. it's always had 3d environments but um but the stuff in the world was just like was, yeah it was just kind of ugly i mean <laughs> it still is kind of ugly i, I don't think this like makes it a lot less textures. ugly yeah right it's... well it makes the geometry actually be geometry it seems like whereas the, the engine so, so here's the thing if you think oblivion and skyrim have a bad engine uh <laughs> go back and play daggerfall <laughs> no or, i i refuse because i'm gonna go back and play arena um, i'm waiting for the the unity mod for arena uh, you know arena still works I'm pretty working well. on it right now yeah <laughs> um <laughs> uh this actually looks kind of cool i'm watching some video of it right now actually and um 
I have experience playing both Arena and Daggerfall fairly recently, right? Hmm. And um, probably better just stick to Skyrim. Uh, but because <laughs> <laughs> uh, these games you know in their philosophy of design they're all they're pretty much the same as they ever were they just keep getting better in terms of right, technology sure. right yep. um and design and stuff this does look neat though and the thing about daggerfall is that it's like an infinite game effectively so it's sort of in the way that minecraft procedurally generates the world around you mm-hmm. daggerfall does the same thing um with the exception of something like i don't know 20 towns or something that are that are set in the way that they are throughout mm. the world but if you were to walk like end to end across the um i think it's the province of hammerfell i think is what it's called in daggerfall daggerfall um well daggerfall is the name of a city i believe in in hammerfell um if i remember my tamriel that sounds like a pretty good right. tongue twister ha- ha- hammerfell um, daggerfell hanger i can't even say it once it's oh, yeah, and it's, you're like reading off your address to somebody. There's like, yeah. there's two prov- two of the Tamriel provinces in Daggerfall, and it's like Hammerfell and Rock Daggerfall. something. Hammerfell Daggerfall, Hammerfell Daggerfall, something or other. Anyway, uh, but if you were to walk from end to I'm end, it, it would take like days, just because it's literally this huge. It's Daggerfall is probably the most the biggest world ever designed for a video game. Um. But it is, again, it's like 90% procedurally generated, right? Mostly empty. Yeah, mostly empty. Um, but it is it is really interesting. Well, that's cool. Um, so what so what do you need to play this? Do you? It's a mod for what? So you can go over... Well, it's a mod for, for Daggerfall. <laughs> you can go to Bethesda's site, and they have posted uh, Arena and Daggerfall for free on their website. They're just free downloads now. And mm-hmm. so you need, you need a copy of the game, and then you need to go and get the... Um, the mod, uh, which uh, let's see if I can figure out the name of the site where that's located. Uh, uh, Daggerfall is not in Hammer, whatever you said. It's so. just called Daggerfall Unity. Um, is the name of the mod. So nice. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, hold on, I'm looking at a map of Tamriel here. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, dude. It's it's part of uh, High the province of High Rock. High Rock, yeah, yeah. So that's the other province that um, the game takes place in. It's uh, Hammerfell and High Rock. There's probably some good lore that you want to go back and get out of that game. So go play that. Hammerfell is is definitely <laughs> the big one. Um, it's probably, it's probably worth your time instead of reading a wiki for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Daggerfall's way over on the left hand side of High Rock, isn't it? Anyway, well, as as the crow flies, it's actually pretty close to Hammerfell, so you weren't you weren't yeah. not wrong. Well, the, yeah, the game features both of those provinces, but I'll, not that you would know the difference. I mean, it's all it looks like ugly on the yeah, on the SNES. If you ever seen gross that. looking anyway. Um. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Notable sales. Oh yeah. So Daggerfall, the Unity mod. Check that out if you like that old game, or if you've never played that old game, that's probably actually the best way to play it. Because apparently you can play through to the end of the game using that mod. Um, anyway, uh, under notable sales this week, the Steam Link was on sale for a buck. And unfortunately, you can't get this anymore. But for some reason, there was a bundle with the game Icy, um, I-C-E-Y, which is like a 2D 
platforming action game it looks like um but if you if you bought that for like seven or eight bucks you could then get a steam link for a dollar and then you just had to pay shipping right so i went ahead and did that and I think a, probably a good amount of people did because it was 98% off. Because <laughs> the, the Steam Link usually sells for $99. I'll buy anything for 98% off. Right? I think it's 50, is it $50? I thought it was $50. Uh, yeah, it's 50 bucks. Well, the yeah, the, the store page I was looking at claimed that it was 98% off. So I don't I don't know. Um, maybe that's because it comes with yeah, something else. Math, math uh, checks out. Yeah. Um, but, but it's uh, not anymore. Yeah, but yeah, Tough it's not one. anymore. So so anyway. So sorry guys, you missed out you on did. the sale. Boo. I'm looking forward to my dollar Steam link. So we're gonna have a new section uh, in the middle of the podcast, which is called "Deals that we got that you can't get anymore." <laughs> Stuff that you missed out on, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> well, uh, we've got a topic today to talk about. Everyone wants to talk about loot boxes, and by golly. So are we. Yes. Uh, there was a, there was an ex-Bungie developer uh, by the name of uh, Niles Sankey. Uh, he worked on Halo and Destiny and things like that. And uh, he had an interview recently with um, where he talked about microtransactions. And he I'm gonna I'm gonna read this full quote because I think it's okay interesting. But he says developers have retirement to save for and families to feed. If people don't like loot crates and microtransactions, they shouldn't support the game by purchasing them. And I'd suggest not buying games made by companies that have previously demonstrated insincere business practices. I stopped developing investment-heavy games, and I no longer play them. In my opinion, there are better ways to spend your time and life. There are so many great non-addictive investment games to play, and there's so much more to life than video games. Uh, So, basically, he's saying, you know, loot boxes are a thing, and microtransactions are a thing. It's not really going away, but if you don't like them, then we'll stop buying them. That is an exquisitely practical point of view. Indeed. So, of course, uh, I'm so, sure probably the whole internet had problems with that. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like the way that things have changed. Like, there's still, like, your standard DLC, but a lot of these multiplayer-focused games and even non-multiplayer-focused games have loot boxes in them where you are basically spending money for a chance to get a thing, you know? And right. you may not get the thing that you want. Uh, you may get the thing that you want, but it's a, a kind of a random chance where you will get something, but... You the value of which may be questionable. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so we just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. I I'm, I'm, I spent money on loot boxes this week. I bought some Heroes of the Storm loot boxes for their um, Halloween stuff. So the Halloween loot boxes have a guaranteed chance to get um, a Halloween item. Mm-hmm. So I bought $10 worth of loot boxes from Blizzard. So uh, did you get I what think... you wanted? Do you still feel good about yourself? I Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I mean... That, that game's awesome. I, I like it. I, I feel like I can support the developers every once in a while by throwing them yeah, you know, 10 sure. bucks here and there. It is a free-to-play game, and um, while I have spent a lot of money in the past, I haven't spent a money for a while. Um, so uh, I, I think Blizzard's kind of done a... It's kind of like the ones that kind of made this popular with Overwatch. I, I think TF2's crates were were popular before Overwatch. They had, as the loot crates where you had to buy the keys, right? Is that the one? Yeah, the way that those originally worked was because um, I think it's different now same with Dota uh, but yeah like a it seemed like it didn't really drop. take off though until recently like within the last couple of years or a year or so a crate would drop um, uh, yeah not on the consoles for sure um, but yeah and you would pay money to get a key to unlock your crates and then the keys ended up being like um, a currency themselves uh, amongst the, the Steam trading community right because that was you would buy into 
uh, trading by buying a bunch of keys, and then you would trade keys away for like you know the the Things. the scouts um, iPhone earbuds or, or whatever you wanted, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what so what do we think? Uh, are they are they good for things? Do you like the concept of loot boxes? Um, I I kind of think that they are okay when they are multiplayer. Like in the case of like an Overwatch or a Heroes of the Storm, they don't really affect much of the gameplay. They're all cosmetics. Um, so in my opinion, is just like what this guy says. If you don't want to participate in this cosmetics, uh, then well, don't participate. But it, where, where it gets a little sketchy is where. The loot boxes are kind of required um, for maybe not required, but enhance the standard gameplay or give an edge over, you know, like this whole idea of Activision making an algorithm in their matchmaking to help make people want to buy these to get an edge over their competition. You know, know? the thing is, though, that even that can be obfuscated. I mean, last week we reported on uh, Battlefront 2 having its loot box thing, which, you know, people were saying, oh, well, that's pay to win. But then they came back and said, well, actually, even the stuff that you get in the loot boxes, they're level locked anyway. So it's not like you can immediately buy a loot box and dominate. You know what is pay to win explicitly? What's that? Uh, Card packs, like in Hearthstone, for instance. Which, I mean, isn't that just another type of loot box, really? Um, Of course, that that whole paradigm comes from CCGs like Magic the Gathering or whatever, where you it's just kind of taken as a given that you pay a lot of money for. Well, you're kind of just buying the game, though, at that point. You're not buying enhancements to the game. That's just part of playing that game is buying that. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Right. It still creates a disparity, though, from people who have not paid for it. There's no. cap to the amount that you're going to spend on a game like that right uh so in the end they they can end up probably making a lot more money just by getting people to play the game for free and then buying as they see fit right so i mean i've spent money on hearthstone i've probably bought right i don't know five or ten packs of cards or something like that not not a lot because you don't really have to if you're willing to like play arena and and all that stuff which you can do just by playing random people and collecting the the gold currency or whatever um but that's how they that's how they they make money right you get a lot of people playing and then you get some fraction of that that want to spend money to have a little bit better card assortment you know uh, same thing with like um clash royale or or you know any any number of these games Compare that, though, to the alternative, which is to buy a thing from a menu and say, like, I, I, yeah, I want that hat. Give me that hat. I want it. I'm going to buy it. Here's the price. Here's my money. I get the hat. I mean, is there, is there, I mean, do you feel any differently when you're buying a thing that you want versus the chance to get a thing that you might want in retrospect? I mean, does it, you know, because I mean, that's, that's, that's the other well, thing, though. The, is the, like... the weird thing is with these, so going back to Hearthstone specifically, where, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a, an assortment of legendary cards to build out your decks, right? Legendaries are the most rare versions of the cards. Mm-hmm. And chances are you're probably not gonna get them too often in your decks. And then when you, do, when, in your card packs. And when you do finally get them, well, it may not be the legendary that you like. Uh, but as you get cards, you can then, disenchant those cards and convert them into a currency that you can then use to craft the cards that you the want. specific card. So it's kind of like if you if you want a guaranteed card that you want, like one of these legendary cards, you're basically buying packs so you have enough cards to convert into currency so that you can craft that it card. It seems that like you it's want, just obfuscation which makes it though. Yeah, like it seems like there's potentially down the road I, look at so consider this, weigh this and tell me what you think of this. Let's say that in Hearthstone common cards are a dollar each 
or whatever, whatever the price is. Uncommon cards are 1.5 times that. Legendary cards are like three times that. So let's say you get you can buy a, you can bu outright buy a legendary card for five bucks, let's say, and then the other prices for the cards scale down accordingly, and you can buy common cards for you know less. Does that break the model? Does that break Hearthstone? If if you just straight up give people what they want to buy on a menu, does that change anything? I I think that it would make the consumer be more happy if they had that option as well. It would make less money for the, the developer. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some sort of a dopamine hit. You know, it's just it's the same reason why people like gambling. You know, it's a, it's a chance to get a something, right? And right. I know that we've kind of talked about this in the past where, you know, people are like, well, loot boxes are gambling because you're, you know, buying a thing for a chance to get a thing. And they're like, well, it's not gambling because you always win, right? Like you always get You just may not win as that. big. It's like... But the, yeah, but the problem is, is that, you know, to the, to the human you know, brain, it's still getting that dopamine hit when you do get that thing that you really want. Like, I, I got a legendary uh, skin for Greymane in Heroes of the Storm on my Halloween card packs, and I was like, oh, damn, that's that's cool, I guess. Maybe I'll buy some more, you know, for another, I'll get another legendary skin. When In all actuality, it doesn't really affect the game at all. It's just my enjoyment of having a different-looking skin, you know. And, and for something like Overwatch, where you actually can't even see your skin because you're playing in first person, right? It's even weirder, right? <laughs> it's super weird. So, is it unethical? I mean, the way that you guys have just described it. So, Dale, you, you said that if the person, if the company were to just put it on a menu, a la carte, it would make less money. But other than that, we don't think that it would unbalance a game, right? Does that make this an unethical method of transaction? Well, that, that's the thing. Is Hearthstone is, is different. Hearthstone is different from standard loot box games like an Overwatch or a Heroes of the Storm or a Player Knowns Battlegrounds or a Fortnite because uh, Hearthstone is more like you're buying into the game, just like you'd be buying into Magic: The Gathering, right? Like you have to own cards to be able to play the game. Yeah, Therefore, sure. That's that's your method of getting into the game. But you don't have to buy um, those cards. Well, sure, you don't have to spend money for them, but it basically speeds up the process. Yeah, right? exactly. So that, but so in the, the case of these other games, analogous to Fortnite, a normal loot box. I, I guess Fortnite is probably even more different than player known battlegrounds as well as so Fortnite, you actually get items and things out of your loot llamas, right? <laughs> like you get weapons and you get survivors and you get whatever the other things are that you get yeah, out of that. That's right. Uh, where games like overwatch heroes of the storm and player knows battlegrounds, you only get cosmetic things. So Fortnite, in that, in essence is more pay to win, I guess, than those other games because other games you can't pay to win. You're still, it's still all based on skill, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think there's kind of a difference there in the way that some some games are using loot boxes than other games. Hmm. So do you guys do what uh, Mr. San Sankey says you should do? Do you ever vote with your wallet? Do you ever not buy a game because of the microtransaction model? Uh, are you more likely to buy a game if it does? You know, let's say the, uh, you know, Battlefront 2 or uh, Shadows of War decides that they're just going to do straight up DLC, it's going to be, you know, cosmetic only. Does that make you more likely to buy that game? Does it have any effect on the way that you vote with your wallet? Because I know that on this show, we've typically been very pragmatic about this stuff. I mean, we've Well, Shadow of War is a single-player game. I don't really care, right? Like, right. I probably wouldn't buy the cards in that game just because it's a single-player game. Like, it doesn't matter, right? Right. But I, even I in Battlefront say... 2, I, I don't think I would... I don't think I would find myself spending money on... I don't, I don't think it sways me either way, really. If anything... I would just say that the games that have this type of thing are more commonly going to be games that I'm less 
likely to want to play anyway, mm. just because or they're... play long term, right? Exactly, just because until they it are... filters down into all genres and all right. And once it's once it's a part of every game, then then you'll have no um, choice, and you'll be buying microtransaction games all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but I, like th- these were present in uh, let's just say Mass Effect Three and Mass Effect Andromeda, right? Like both of those games had loot boxes, and they were mostly maybe entirely uh, meant for the um, multiplayer portions of those games, which I but it was all co-op. just didn't touch, right. basically. I, did, I, I, didn't, I didn't do it at all in Andromeda, and I played like a few rounds of Mass Effect 3. Um, so no, I, I didn't, you know. I, I got into it in Mass Effect 3, but I never spent money. You yeah, know, it was all co-op. It was all. It didn't. It wasn't competitive. I've never either, bought so. any in any of the Battlefield games that have had them either. Which I think starting in three, maybe maybe starting in four, all the Battlefield games since have had this kind of kind of. They call them battle packs, but it's basically the same thing. It's like you pay a little bit of money and then you can get like some. I totally forgot about that. New, in Battlefield new sites for your guns or whatever, because the Battlefield games have like hundreds of weapons anyway and then you can upload like 20 different things or upgrade rather um a bunch of different things for every weapon and and they would sell those things right like i mean these things it's it's funny that people are talking about these loot boxes and things so much now when they've literally been with us for seven eight years in different forms right with different Mm -hmm. i think tf2 is the earliest one that i can think of but there may be there may have been others before that, right? Especially if you start lumping in, you know, things like horse armor or whatnot. Into Daggerfall. The, First um, DLC was in Daggerfall. No. Um, speaking personally, the only... I have never... That I can think of. I need to think about this. But in terms of, like, weapon packs or cosmetics, I've never purchased any kind of DLC that I can recall off the top of my head. What I will buy are things that extend the experience, like add-on campaigns or levels, um, uh, characters, like I've purchased characters in MOBAs before. um, You know, beyond that, unless it, like, I, I, I don't, I don't like to snack unless it fills my tummy, right? Like, I, I want something that's gonna, like, be substantial, and weapon packs and cosmetics just don't really do it for me. Um, it, it's it's got to be something. It, it just doesn't fit that model, I guess, that we're talking about at all. So I can't say that I've ever partaken in any sort of quote-unquote microtransaction in, in this sense um, purchase, I think, ever. Um, so I guess ultimately... Well, good on you, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather get something that uh, even if it's, you know... Even if it's something I that I play totally by myself, on Steam for like twenty cents, you know, in a in like in a Steam sale when you buy a game and it's like you know you can buy every beta DLC for like another dollar extra. I, I do like, sure, remember right? one. <laughs> okay, you know what? I take it back. I just thought of the one that I purchased in Motorstorm. It's gonna be good in Motorstorm Probably. Pacific Rift, <laughs> the racing game from Evolution Studios. I bought for twenty five cents a set of tires, monster truck tires that glowed. That's it. Wow. That's the awesome. one I did. 25 huh. cents. So I'm part of the problem. I... But he had to fund his uh, PlayStation Network wallet for with $5 yeah, in order to make I that I think at the time they purchase. didn't have that. I think at the time you could you could use any amount. They, they instituted that later. So I'm sorry, everybody. I have perpetuated this until the point that we are now. Uh, I'm sorry. I mostly, I think, just agree with the premise of whatever the article was like if you don't like them don't buy them um yeah 
but I, 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 I mean, I can say that, but yet at the same time, I can say that, yes, I do think it's somewhat exploitative of uh, developers to, I, to do I, these I things. I will tell also. you, I will tell you, I can appreciate the fact that Overwatch continues to release new content, new heroes, new skins, new maps. Um, and it's all funded by loot boxes. It's, so. it's funded because they're Blizzard. You know, I'd, if if well, there, if too, it was one but... company, if it was a separate company doing Overwatch like they're doing it, then I would say, yeah, it's funded by that. But it's also funded by the fact that it's a sixty dollars game to begin with. Yeah, that's but the other but shore. because yep. it's Blizzard, you just there's no way to divorce it from you know WoW money or whatever else, right? Like yeah, but I mean specifically, this is still a game, and if this game itself was not making money, they would not continue to support it. Are you sure? Well, Starcraft two, anyone? Starcraft 2 still makes money. They still sell stuff in that, don't they? I don't know. Does it exceed the cost of operating <laughs> the game? Yeah, there's your question, I guess. Yeah. But these guys are constantly developing things. Same with Heroes of the Storm. Blizzard, um, you know, I think they patched Diablo 2 not that long ago. So Yeah, they got like two guys working on Diablo 2, right? I don't Diablo know how much. 2, right? no, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Oh, man. Well, listeners, uh, I can tell you one thing. We will continue operations on the Game Bite Show podcast, and uh, I'm telling you, it's not a money maker. I'll tell you that. But uh, we'll bring it to you twice a week, as we have done for the last uh, two and a half years, and we certainly enjoy doing it, and we enjoy having you there. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we will be back to talk to you in just a few days' time at the middle of the week about the video games that we have been playing. If you have any comments for us about your proclivities for loot boxes or microtransactions, let us know about that on social media. You can find us at Game Bite Show on Twitter. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. Find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. And uh, our fourth man, Jared Red Eye Dunn, is at R-E-D underscore I. Jared runs our Twitch.tv stream over Twitch.tv slash Game Bite Show. Uh, this coming weekend? Is this the weekend? I want to get this right. I think it's... I think it is. I think it's, it's this weekend. We are going to be doing our Extra Life 24-hour stream. Uh, Jared is going to be doing that. Friend of the show, Wesley Livesey. Legrand is going to be joining in. Legrand's going to be doing a 48-hour live stream. Uh, Death March <laughs> live stream for the children. Uh, yes. Playing Daggerfall Unity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can Just find our team coast to coast. Yeah. You can find our team uh, over at extra-life.org/team/gamebyteshow. Uh, you can also find some of our old video content at youtube.com/gamebyteshow, or you can visit our website on the internet www.gamebyteshow.com, where you can find our RSS feed, our previous podcasts. Uh, lots of good stuff is over there. And um, I guess that will do it for this episode of the Game Byte Show. Until next time, thank you so much, and we will see you next time. See ya. See you later. It's a long show.